As we advance into Vayikra, this Shabbos Rosh Hashem, we will be reading again two parashas. The parashas of Achimais Kedoshim. Now, parashas Kedoshim, in Parak Yutes, Pasuk Kazvav, the Pasuk talks about the different things that a Dayan, a judge, has to be careful about. The Pasuk says, Loisasu Ovel Bamishpot. Lashna the Tagwinkus is like Sadun Shkar Badina. There should be uh Sheker Din. Ash explains that when a Dayan, when a judge, doesn't judge properly, then it's Mikalkal Din. It's a Tayeva, it's an abomination. But Sasu Avel, something which is an Avla in Din. And the Pasa continues, like Sisa Pnaidal. If a person sees that the Din is uh Involving a poor person, you shouldn't favor the poor person that did and say, "Oh, he's an ebuch. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let the din be passed in his favor." But I said the play gadol, the person that's a great person over there, you also shouldn't do it out of his honor to go ahead and glorify him and say, "Oh, he's a great person. I have to do it in his favor." You just have to go with what the truth is, tzedek with what's righteous. That's how a person has to go and judge the din. Rashi says, Kamashmo, <clears throat> like the way that the Pasuk is saying, you have to judge him correctly. The Rashi brings the second Pirish, and what does it mean when it says, Betzedek, in a righteous way, a person has to judge his friend. It's not just talking about the Dayan, it's not just talking about the idea of, of the Dayan judging the thing correctly. This is a din for a judge and a din for everybody that when the person or the dying judges his friend, when the the person judges his friend and sees something that seems to be incorrect, he has to learn to judge him with kapschus. He has to find uh, a proper reason that he could justify why maybe what he thinks is the wrong thing that was being done was not so bad and maybe really he went to be doing something good, just we misjudged it. Now the Sefer Lekach Toiv brings down the name of Rav Doiv Yafa. Rav Doiv Yafa was the Mashgiach of uh, Yeshivas Karach Hasidim in Eretz Yisrael many, many years. And he says, what's the pshat <coughs> a person doesn't dame kapskos? This is really a connection to what we talked about last week. We talked about Lashon Haran, Tazim, etc. He brings a mashal. So let's say a person loses an object. He loses an object that's very, very precious to him something that's worth a lot, a lot of money. And he loses the object. And he looks and he looks and he looks and he finds it's not around. This person doesn't give up. If he didn't find it here, he's going to go look someplace else. And after he look in all different types of places, he's still hoping maybe it's still going to show up. Right? But what's the shot? Why does he just say, okay, forget about it. Give up. It's, you know, it's not here. It's lost. It's, <coughs> it's not here anymore. Right? Was he a nervous person that he just can't, you know, get, get over his thing? The answer is no. He values that thing. And if you value the object that you're missing, you're going to keep looking for it to find it, so you should be able to have that object back. And that's the same thing with a friend. If you value your friend, and you see the chashivas of your friend, and you see how important he is in your eyes, then sometimes when we see things that they do that maybe take away that importance from us, it looked like maybe we're taking away the value or maybe the friend is lost from us at that moment. 
if we really value the friend, then we're going to search and search and search until we find a way to bring that friend back in our eyes by donning him like Abskus. If we value our friends and we're matching them, then we, then we find a way to find Abskus, a, a merit built. To, and often, when we take the chance to be able to do that, it's been proven many, many times that the way that we had thought was either what we had thought or something close to that we did that, that uh, showed us that the person really didn't do anything wrong. And uh, Rav Ruben brings two stories to illustrate the importance of Don in the Castles. There's hundreds of them. Many books have been written about Don in the Castles. But he brings two stories that show how important it is for us to be able to Don the Castles because sometimes when we eye things in a certain way, the hezek, the damage that we can cause to somebody else can be very, very difficult. One story he brings from Rav Shalom Shradjon Zetzal, the famous maggot from Yerushalayim. He brings a story that in Yerushalayim at one point, <coughs> when the, uh, in the times of the First World War, there was a tremendous poverty and famine that was going through Yerushalayim. People didn't have money for anything. And the one family in Yerushalayim that the, the, the father of the home was like to have a special gold coin that was worth a very large amount of money. And he got it somehow or another. He had this gold coin. It was worth a lot of money. And he kept it on top of a, of a bookcase inside the living room so that as just as to know that he had what we call paspasala, that he had bread in the basket, that he had something there that just in case if he can't get what uh, food for his family, he has something to fall back on. And that was something he went up every now and then to check it to make sure that he always had that... Uh, security there, this very, very, very valuable gold coin. One time, he was climbing on top of the bookcases, and his little son, seven-year-old son, eight-year-old son, nine-year-old son, sees the father climbing on top of the bookcases over there, feeling around for things, and the son was wondering, what's he looking up there? And the father went away. At one point, the son climbs up there, and he says, what, what, what's, he, what, what's up here? He's filling up here. And he takes down this beautiful gold coin, I says, you know, this gold coin, this is Gishbak. You know, this is good. I can go ahead now. I'm hungry. There's no food over here. I could probably get a good piece of cake or something from the bakery or something good to eat. So he, uh, you know, from the, from the, uh, so he, what he does is he takes the coin and he starts going on his way to go to the place where he can buy himself some type of a Danish or something that he's going to be able to eat. As he's going through the, the streets to go to the to go to the store, so the um, he meets up with another yid, and the yid sees this kid walking out with a gold coin, and he says to him, "Why are you carrying this gold coin over here?" He says, "Well, I want to go buy a piece of cake." Now this Jew realizes that you know you don't need a gold coin to buy a piece of cake. You can buy a piece of cake with a regular copper coin. Now this kid's making a mistake. I'll give. I'll offer him to change. That coin that he has is my copper coin, and and uh, I'll get I'll get the gold coin to be able to use the way it could be used, and he can go buy his piece of cake with the with the copper coin he has what he's what he's happy with what he's happy with, and I'll have what I'm happy with. The kid doesn't understand the difference of it changing the coin. He's more happy to you know to to you know to give the other year the other coin. No, no problem. We can switch over here. He doesn't understand why the other person wants it. He goes off to buy his piece of cake. After a week or so, the father goes up to check that his coin is there, and he gets all hysterical inside the house. Where's the money? Where's this coin? Where the thing is? 
And finally, the son says, I took it. He says, what did you do with it? I went to buy a piece of cake. I just went to buy some cake. He goes, what? You went to take this coin to buy a piece of cake? Where did you buy it? So he runs to the store, and he comes to the store, and he starts telling the person, listen, my son came in, and he bought a piece of cake from you, and he gave you a gold coin. Please give me the gold coin back. I'll give you a different coin. He said, please give me the gold coin. He says, I remember your son came for a piece of cake. I gave him a piece of cake, and he bought it with a coin, but he didn't buy it with a gold coin. He bought it with a copper coin. She said, I'm t don't you start being dishonest with me. You're cheating my son. You're playing games over here. I want that coin right now. He said, I'm telling you, I didn't, I didn't sell it to him. I, did, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't take a gold coin from him. I took from him a copper coin. You're making a mistake. So he went to the Rav. And the Rav realizes that the Meicher is an honest person, but he has to be able to pass him over here. He says, if the Meicher is ready to go ahead and to, and to, and to swear... That he didn't take this gold coin, then he's bought it. Otherwise, he has to pay up. So the owner was a person that wasn't didn't didn't swear. It wasn't was, as many was not to swear about things. To, you know, to, you know, afraid of making a shua. He said, "Listen, I tell you, I didn't take this coin, and it wasn't over here. And I'm telling the MS that if I have to swear, I'm not going to swear. So I'll try to pay back the money." And this person didn't have the money to pay back. We tried to figure out the money to go pay back. Meanwhile, rumors spread across the whole city. Uh, this owner of this store is a thief and he took the coin and he cheated the little boy and he and he cheated the father and he's not willing to take it. And people stopped coming into the store and he started getting like embarrassed from it. Eventually he had to sell his business to be able at his house to be able to pay back the money for that coin and he lost all his all his panasa. Then the war ended. And things started going back into shape. This year who took the coin from the Tricked the boy to give him the coin. He felt bad, and he wanted to come back and uh, you know to reimburse the father for the coin that he took away from him, or value of the coin that he took away from him. So he comes to the father's house, knocks on the door, and says, "Listen, I'll tell you the truth. During that coin, I was the one I changed the coin with your son, and I took it, and I want to be able to restore it now and give it back to you." And he says, "You know, you maybe you went ahead and you." can restore it back to me, but you know that you were said this whole other person's panas over here. This person lost his whole fame and everything you were him. How could you go ahead and, 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 and you have to be able to restore that? So right after the story was told, there was another brother that stood up in this whole story and he said, you know, you learned from here a powerful lesson. If you were to take all the people involved in this, all the people involved in the story, the person who owned the store, the father, and, uh, and let's say the person who took the coin. Each and every one of them has a different type of a din. The maker, the one who sold it, the, the, who, who sold the piece of cake, he's going to go straight to Ganadin because he didn't do anything wrong. He was being accused and, and he lost his panas and everything that was there. He's totally in the clear. The father, right? He was he 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 didn't know the whole story over here. He you know he you know his son went ahead and told him that he paid the, the owner of the store with the coin that was on top of the, you know on top of the shelf. He went there and he didn't really you know he's he's not really hundred percent to blame either. And even the person who switched the coin with the with the child, right? It was in a dire situation. It was in a famine. Again, not we're not in the clear because of anything like that. But the, the offense that was done was not as offensive as, as, as it seems to be because it was something that was done out of a, out of a difficult situation.
But who are the ones that, that really, really the din ones of being the most applicable to, and that and, and that, that there's a real din in Hashemayim? Who's guilty for that? All the people in the town that talked about it, because they had no reason to judge. They had no reason to talk and to be able to say anything over here. They weren't left in a situation where they were. Well, they, they thought that the, that the money that they saved was taken away from them. They were. They were in a panic. They were in a situation where they were in a famine. They were just around there, just enjoying the town's news and talking about things disqualifying somebody. And as a result of that, this person lost his position. We don't down the cops spruce. We don't judge properly. It could be a terrible thing that comes out from that. One more story. This is a story that Reverend says over that he heard from his brother-in-law that there was a, a, a colleague in the man that was learning in Nebrak, living in Nebrak, had a big family, and he had trouble with Panasa, trouble with Panasa. And uh, the people from his his Kailo, uh, the people from his community, they saw he was a big time Chacham, they wanted to be able to support him. And they uh, took upon themselves that they're going to try to make things a little bit easier for him every single month. And everybody in the Kyle, everybody in the community gave a few, few shkalim, and they added up to something. They gave it to him and made him feel a little bit more, a little, a little bit of relief that to be able to help his expenses for the month. And they gave it to him in a very honorable way and, and made him feel very good about things. After many years of doing this, the people, you know, felt the big disgust to be helping this family. At one point, this person's, uh, this, uh, this Kalyan man's uh, child became a chassan or kalamat, which was a son or a daughter. They got married. I think it was a daughter. And they were very concerned about the expenses of this chassan. And they tried to help him with the chassan. And they all got the invitation to the chassan. And they were shocked when they saw the invitation. They got the they got the invitation to a hall in Breibrak, a famous hall in Breibrak that's called uh, Vaksha. It's called Meltzer in Breibrak. It's a, it's a hall which many people have made chassidus over the years. And this hall at that point was a very expensive hall. And uh, there were other economical ways, more, more economical ways to be able to make chassidus in Breibrak at the time. But this person who's a colleague of mine that's suffering so much is making a chassidus in Vaksha, there was a little bit of a question to them, but okay, you know, this maybe that's what we made it. They come there, they find out that they took all the halls of our trucks, had a number of halls, they had two big halls. Those two big halls were used for the men, and there was another third hall, which was taken for the women, and it was a chasna, which was extremely, extremely mechudadik, very fa- very nice, not fancy, but very honorable. And they come to the chasna, and they danced at the chasna, at the chasna. The whole time, they couldn't help but feel it to themselves. Is this the person who's in such dire need that we're helping all the time and giving him money and he's, and he's, and he's taking money from us and we're supporting him? And here he's making a chasna like one of the, one of the most wealthy people in, 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 in Nebrak. I, I mean, what's, what's going on? And they started to talk and they started to feel very, say very ill things about him. Right? But they, um, you know, they, they stayed through the chasana, and then things went back to life, and they you know, went back to the Cairo. And then it came time for the next month for them to be able to give him for for, for, for the monthly thing. So when the Gabe went around to collect, everybody was like sarcastically thinking to themselves, it's very nice, you know, we're going to go ahead and give this guy, this person over here who makes the fancy chasanas over here, 
right? But you know, I uh, you know, but they felt okay. They always gave them. We're not going to turn it away. They gave it, but they gave it begrudgingly. They gave it in a way that they weren't happy to give it. And he sent something. He sent something over there. And he took the money, and you know, felt very uncomfortable. When he came the next month, he came forward to the uh, to the gabai. I think came forward to the gabai, and he says, you know. I want to explain to you what happened over here. I know that everybody in the Kerala community is very upset with me with the chassan that I made. Let me explain to you what happened. People don't realize what happened. I went looking for for um, for a place to make the chassana, and there was nothing that was open. Everything else was taken. So I went to Daksha, which is a more expensive hall, and I asked him if you can give me the smallest hole in the back hall in the back over there, right, the one that nobody really uses that much, and I was going to squeeze everybody inside there. And then, you know, he took a look and he saw that I'm a person that's not very financially stable from the way I was dressed. And he said, okay, but I want to check. It's going to be, uh, you know, like a, you know, check picadon, they call it over here. There's some type of collateral check that's going to, you know, a deposit check to be able to make sure that, you know, I'm going to get the money. So he takes out the check. And he writes out the check, and then the owner of the hall looks at the check, and he looks at the name on the check, and he's he like gets like a like a, he starts to like start, you know turn white, and he says to the person, "I'm going to make up the name. It's not really the name. Let's say the name was Moshe Shimon Schwartz on the check. It was a different name." He said, "Tell me, are you Moshe Shimon Schwartz that's related?" From the city of Lodge in, in in Europe, he goes. No, that's that. You know, that's my grandfather. I'm named after him. He goes. If that's your grandfather, you know, he took the check and he tore it into pieces. He says, "Are you not going to let me make the chasna over here?" He goes, "No, no, no. I'm going to let you make the chasna. Not only am I going to let you make the chasna, but I'm going to pay for every single bit of the chasna down to the last detail." Your grandfather, Moshe Shimon Schwartz, during the war, saved my life. And after the war, I've been looking for a way to be able to pay him back. I didn't know where he went, where he was, what happened to him. I've been looking for years now to be able to find a way and to be able to pay back this Moshe Shimon Schwartz. And now I met up with his grandson. This is, I'm going to take care of the chasna. I want to be able to marry off his, 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 his you know, his anical. Over here, and I'm going to cover the costs. And this Gabbard stuff and looked at this like in shame, but it, and everyone else, you know, didn't understand that. Like Dave Yaffa says, if we would really value our friend, and to value the person who's there, and realize the value that it's a need over here, just like with our lost object, we'd find the ways how to be able to find a way for a source, just like we look to find the object. This should be the now, especially during this period, during the Sphere Saimer, and with that to bring us closer and closer with our Achthus, to build us closer and closer to Gabon Satira, so we could be able to come to uh, to real Aliyah and Tayyar Shemaim and Binachas Takarish Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Nicole.